Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Joe Scrabbles. I'm joined by Dale Driver and Jesse Gomez. Hello. Hello. We are in a world where we have semi-confirmed, or at least believed to be true, that Dragon's Dogma 2 is a thing that's going to happen in the world. And that's Finally. really derailed my thoughts about everything else today. <laughs> what a brilliant time. Um, just in case you don't know, we're not going to talk about it much, but Capcom have been suffering a bunch of leaks because of some hackers and uh, it all seemed bad until a development schedule came out that mentioned Dragon's Dogma 2, and IGN sources tell us that that's legit. So not necessarily the whole document, I have to say, and it might be out of date. So they might have cancelled it since that thing was written, but at some point, someone somewhere has been working on Dragon's Dogma 2. The world is fine. Dare I say... Uh, Anyway. Dare I say the two other boys... Who saw this potential leak? If it is true, there is a lot mm. of Resident Evil to satisfy us for the years oh, yeah. ahead. Oh, God, there's a lot. Especially Hank. <laughs> yeah, well, so one of the things on the list, and um, right, we have to couch this in the yeah. fact that all of this is possibly fake, barring what we believe to be true, which is Dragon Dogma 2 and Street Fighter 6. Those are the mm. only things that our sources could say mm. think are legit. What the fuck is Resident Evil Hank? I just realised it could be a misspelling of hunk. Like someone just fucked up on the document and it's Resident Evil hunk. But it's definitely not a character called Hank. It would be a code name, surely. Like, obviously. (laughs) Resident Evil hunk. He's named after the the cop husband from Breaking Bad. Was he Hank? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. He's well well into his uh, minerals. Yeah. what would a Resident Evil hunk be? Because that's the big man with the mask, right? And he shoots stuff. Yeah, tell yeah. you what it'd be, Joe. It'd be skippable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to every Resident Evil fan, really. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I know, like, this is... I should say, this is a horrible situation for a lot of reasons. We have another mm. thing from Capcom sources where Capcom won't tell ex-employees if their personal data has been released, which is fucking Let awful go. business. Um, mental. Or at least... Capcom isn't telling the people we've talked to. Um, yeah. So that is, you know, not nice. And ransomware attacks are shite for many reasons. But mm. I will take a tiny bit of comfort in knowing that Capcom's slate, if true, is pretty amazing. <laughs> like, if that stuff stacked. is real, they're on a good road. I'm yeah. very into it. Um I don't have a segue. I was going to say, speaking of good roads, and then I realised that doesn't mean anything. We realised that we're four weeks into the new series of The Mandalorian and we haven't spoken about it at all. So we thought we'd uh, get into it a little bit. The Mandalorian is back. What are you saying? The Mandalorian is shocking. No, the fact that we haven't spoken about it. I mean, we have been distracted by a couple of other little things that have come out recently. (laughs) Don't know what you're talking about. Um, We'll get onto those later. But yeah. How are you feeling about series two so far? We're, but by the way, we're gonna we're gonna talk fairly openly about episodes one to three, and episode four, which came out today, we're gonna kind of cover in very broad strokes, no spoilers. Mm. Um, but how are you feeling about it so Jess, far, Jesse? Do you want to go first? Because I think you're more positive than me. Yeah, absolutely, Dale. <laughs> um, I think overall, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Aside from just you know seeing what Mando's going up to now, I I'm quite enjoying like the world building we've seen so far and i'm mm. talking about just like the other races because the first episode involves you know the tuscan raiders and all mm-hmm. the time you've seen them they're just a bunch of murderous like absolute maniacs and now with, a, with, to... with a racist name like people <laughs> yeah. call them sand people You're like that's horrible <laughs> but like the last time you really see them is like in episode two when anakin just destroys them all and now mm. you actually get to see you know their daily lives and then you get to see 
the same in episode two of the Mon Calamari. And now in this episode, you get the return of the ass faces, the Aquilesh, oh, yeah. which are really cool. I enjoy that. But I think, I think overall, I'm enjoying seeing how the more, I can't word this any other way other than like the shittier side of the Star Wars universe, which is the Outer Rim, which is where the Mandalorian yeah. takes place. It's cool to see that there's actually, there's people there, there's like societies out there and it's not just a bunch of, you know, murderous thieves and stuff. Um, oh, it feels like we're getting to see all the people who were not good enough to join the army. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> like all the people that were just like, I can't be fucking bothered. I'm going to be a fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> like, I quite like that. You're like Johnny Cannon as well, though. So like every yeah. time a new episode comes up, you're in the slack pointing out like <laughs> all the possible connections to wider universe stuff, which I find really interesting because I don't see it. It's, it's that thing where when that was that, there was that drought of like good Star Wars games and any films and stuff where I kind of reverted to the comics books and audiobooks and so on. And that that's more Star Wars to me than the films because I don't... I, there's only a couple films I actually really enjoy of Star Wars and the rest are kind of... Yeah, to me, I much more enjoy the what you, what is now considered the legends of Star Wars um, yeah. Yeah. and stuff. But I think... Just to clear it up, Jesse likes The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones <laughs> and nothing else. And General Grievous, specifically. General Grievous is ge genuinely sick. Um, <laughs> genuinely. I mean, he literally is sick. Gen He's got a cough. <laughs> he sounds He's legitimately Ill. a sick man. Wow. But no, like, I've... Clone, cl the Clone Wars animated series, like, yeah, there's a few episodes, like, in any animated series where, you know, some of them are pretty dead. But overall, it's it's a pretty fantastic show, to be fair, especially the final season. Um, Rebels, not so much, but there's still so much Star Wars outside of the films to experience, especially in older games as well. Um, but I think even in this, like, uh, season two of The Mandalorian, I'm mainly waiting to see when Ahsoka appears. That's, mm. that's really what mm -hmm. I'm holding out on to. Um, she hasn't appeared yet, but I think the next episode has been directed by um, Dave Filoni, so she has to appear there. It'd be bonkers if she doesn't, because all it's every time Mando gets one inch closer, and then the character's like, "Hey, what about this B plot? Do you want to do that instead?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm still waiting, but that's that's why I'm kind of holding out for at the moment." <laughs> that feels like what you've got the biggest problem with, Dale, is the B plot stuff. <laughs> uh, well, that and. Pretty much everything Jesse was saying, like I have, no, like I have the opposite opinion. Because for, for me, Star Wars is the movies, and I don't care about all the extra stuff. Not to say that mm. you know they don't have value; it's just not for me. And I do feel like a lot of this season has been fan survey to a certain degree as well, like squeezing in this character from Rebels, squeezing in this from Kota or whatever. I, I don't know, um, and it doesn't feel like as much focus on making a good television show. It kind of feels mm. very formulaic for me at this point. And I don't know, like every time I watch it, I don't like, I'm never craving to watch an episode again. And that's usually a measure of a good mm. TV show for me. Um, it feels, and this is a bit of a fallout from season one as well. It does feel quite a lot of Mando goes to a location, wants information, but first he has to solve this quest to get the information from the person and then he leaves happy at so the end. Kind of Jesse's <laughs> like cracking up and I don't know what's going on. It's just, when you, I was thinking about all the canon that I have stored in my head and there's so much bullshit in Star Wars that I was just suddenly reminded of. Like, for example, like the Empire can afford to build Death Stars, but they can't afford to build like boots that fit Darth Vader and bullshit like that. Like that kind of information is I'm actually sorry. out there and used to be canon. And I was just thinking of that. <laughs> And how stupid. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me while I was talking, by the way. Just, I just thinking love about that. 
Dale started and Jesse's made himself laugh at how much Star Wars canon he knows. What a bizarre situation. Because you don't give a shit, but then I know all this crap and yeah. most of it is actual, like actual crap, to yeah. be fair. But I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I just started laughing. Yeah, so like, um, and the, the B-plot aspect of it, yeah, it's... Um, I kind of I, I prefer like serialized shows anyway. I'm not really into monster of the week sort of shows, so I I like like I enjoyed the fourth episode a lot more because it definitely felt like it was focused more on the main arc. Mm. Um, so I guess that's why I liked it the most. But the the first the first three, I thought they had moments. I didn't dislike them. I just don't think it, I enjoyed it as much as most people did. Yeah, I think like I'm somewhere in the middle of you two. Like I think. I'm kind of sick of the side questy stuff. Mm. Um, I the stuff that I really latch onto is like is kind of learning more about Mando. Mm. Not mm. The, the child. The child stuff's interesting enough, but like, and and there are some interesting developments this week. But the bit that's really grabbed me this season is the bit where we get a hint that Mando's creed like as a Mandalorian is different. And I know yeah. people knew that in the kind of wider canon and stuff and had theorized about that, but seeing him actually confront the fact that like, oh, I might actually not know the whole of my own story. That's the stuff that I'm really into. And it feels like is kind of, yeah. it's more like sprinkled on as mm. opposed to where I'd want to see it. Like, I want to know what's going on in his, his helmet because yeah. there's some <laughs> shit happening. Well, that um, makes it feel yeah. like it's a television show that stands on its own. It has its own stories to tell as opposed exactly. to just flowing little, bit, little bits of information about Star Wars knowledge to work with other stuff. Like, I'm not sure, I'm not interested in it as a companion piece. I want it to be its own show. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what the I real say, character like, development is. Like, just learning about Mando and the, you know, him actually, the past, like, kind of catching up with him in terms of, mm. you know, him being in this kind of mad sect of uh, you know, part of the Mandalorian or Mandalorian stuff. Um, that That's really what's most interesting. Dale said it like, they have to always sprinkle in some kind of, you know, like reference in literally every yeah. episode. Like one of the previous ones had a droid that no one gave a shit about and it's there for two seconds oh, yeah. in one of the films. And people were like, wow, that's amazing. I was like, it's not, it's not interesting. <laughs> I have to say it was, and I, I should reiterate, I'm going to say some stuff from the first three episodes that would be spoilers, so you can turn off if you need to. This isn't a huge one, but in, in episode... It is episode one, where, like, we see Boba Fett's armour and the Boba Fett actor and fucking Anakin Skywalker's uh, bit of his pod mm. all connected to one character. <laughs> and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I know, it's <laughs> like, such a humongous universe and it's like, I just have all these things now. It's like, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But I have to say, like, in terms of the wider connective stuff, like, I don't, I'm not a Clone Wars Rebels person, but like, Bo-Katan turning up, I didn't feel like I was lost because yeah. she was there. Like, I didn't feel like I lost out too much for not knowing her backstory or what her deal right. was. I, like, think, I think that's I what think, the show's done a good job with. Like, you know, yeah. I've seen a lot of people online saying, I don't give a fuck who Bo-Katan is. I was so confused. It's like, I, you know, she, appear, she appears in Clone Wars and Rebels, but you just understand that she is a Mandalorian, but a part yeah. of a different sect. And it's not, it's not overly confusing. She doesn't do oh, like this humongous lore drop it. on you. Genuinely, oh. if, if, I'd nev if, if I'd literally never heard of Rebels or anything to do with it, I think that appearance would have just felt like a cool hint to a wider universe. Yeah. 
and the fact that there is a wider story to her, it kind of didn't matter to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I had that exact experience. I have no idea who she was. So I was watching the show and just, you know, it's just a new character that introduces some new plot and some new story, yeah. you know, about Mandalore. And then it's only when I come to work afterwards and I see people <laughs> talking about these things from Rebels. I was like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> if you are interested in those like connective bits, we've got a show called Cannon Fodder that um, goes out after every episode mm. where we kind of dive into one connective issue from that uh, from that show or that episode. And like some of the stuff coming up in there that people are spotting, Jesse included, is like just completely <clears throat> absurd to me. Like I just don't know that they're dropping this stuff in yeah. front of my eyes. And I think that's quite... It is... Yeah. It's a fun like exercise in world building and like or world connecting that I think is quite cool. I am um, disappointed that I know so much about Star Wars lore. It's quite embarrassing, really. It's like it's, it's just it useless is information. <laughs> I just had no idea that you were this deep into like the madness of it. Um, oh. Speaking of, you know, you mentioned I heard this this week, and I have no idea if it's true. You know, you said the um, Darth Vader's boots don't fit. Yeah. <laughs> Is it true that it's canon that the Emperor made bits of him not work very well so that <laughs> so, he'd stay, that, like, that's, that, that's tortured think, and That's what kept. I was thinking of, because um, I was reminded of, like, a few little things like that um, in, in this previous episode. But uh, I was just... I just... It's so fucking stupid that the Empire is so rich and large, and then the Emperor's like, you're not going to have boots that fit. Everything's going to suck. You're going to be in pain all the time. You don't have to be, but I've designed it that way. We don't have enough funding for a good hospital, so you're going to our shit one instead. Like, that used to be actual canon, and it's just it's just funny that those details exist, even down to finding out where the material from his suit was made. Like, you can mm. find that out, and it's just, oh, yeah. it's just I, dumb. I, I, I heard that Captain Phasma's chrome thing is made from a Naboo starfighter or something. You're like, who fucking yeah, cares? It's just chrome. Can it not just be chrome? That's yeah. the thing, like... I can't... Oh, that was in... Oh, we've mentioned them before. That was from um, Two Good Boys, I think, I, which is a brilliant podcast. But yeah, I think um, I think it was... I think I've learned both of those facts from them and they yeah. were just like furious about it just Darth Vader's boots great. not fitting him deliberately as a deliberate choice is just hilarious but isn't that really like so not a financial thing but the isn't that I'm really getting into it it's now. just him being mean yeah isn't it the emperor like trying to fuel his hate constantly like, if he's in constant it's, pain he's going to be pissed a, off it's a mix of that and also apparently just poor funding in the empire's medical division it's actually a financial just, yeah which mix. is fucking sad it's actually <laughs> stupid, but I love it. Jesse, f in future, for a future episode, can we please do uh, an endless search where you <laughs> present, like, the shittest bits of Star Wars it. lore and then make other bits up and we have to guess which is true and which <laughs> is... I'll gladly do that. <laughs> because that, I would... I think, I, I think I've even done a, a weird version of that game yeah. before, but I know so little compared to that, you. I that, would that love would be, to play that. That would be so easy to do. <laughs> doing yeah. considering how much shit there is out there oh i'm well into that all right look forward to that uh did anyone else have anything they want to say about the mandalorian are we done are we good um well how does everyone feel about uh the adventures of baby yoda like he always has it seems like every episode now he has to have a little wacky moment, a moment. Or two. um yeah, he's just like fine. he's just he's just green groot isn't it it's just yeah it just does that's the thing cute this shit. series i get like i don't I know there was like an actual controversy about him eating those eggs, and I think that's <laughs> really? fucking ridiculous. Oh um, like the, in, one of the, a Lucasfilm executive had to like defend Baby Yoda's decisions. <laughs> he's just yeah. a hungry dude. Like he just yeah, wants like, to 
eat. I don't think we need to read too much into him eating those eggs. Like, it's meant to be a horrible moment that mm. he's doing that. I it's guarantee fun. there's lore out there for that as to why oh, they're so hungry to eat specifically oh. those eggs. <laughs> Season six of The Mandalorian, those fucking newts are coming back and the baby ones are grown up and they're brilliant Jedi or some shit. Um, <laughs> something like that. But, like, it does feel like they've gone a bit overboard on, like... He's not cute anymore. He's just sort of wacky, yeah. like yeah. you say. And yeah, I, I I liked it when he was like fucking moving that rhino around and shit yeah. with his brain. Like that was way more interesting to, or what was it called? A mud horn. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I was much more interested in Baby Yoda when it was like this untapped resource of power that no one yeah. could control. I, and now I, he's just lifting up macaroons. Yeah. <laughs> it's I feel almost like there like... was some more mystery in season one. And now it's just like, he's a bit of a, I mean, he's essentially a toy. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's I mean, why he's it, there. It kind of feels like the first season, you know, they knew what they had to a certain degree, but then they didn't expect what happened in public They didn't culture. expect Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> so now it feels like they're very much leaning into that. It's almost like they're creating, every week they're creating a new Funko Pop version of him. Like yeah. putting a new prop in his hand, so it's a new version of a Funko Pop that they can sell. Um, with the Macaroons kid, I know it's spoilers for this week, but it's not really spoilers. I really, that kid was like really aggressive. I really wanted him to like, Try and start on Baby Yoda after after we stole his microphone. You know when Jason, you know when Jason Sudeikis as the stormtrooper punched Baby Yoda, and everyone yeah. got, went went furious. Yeah. Like I want, I want Jason Sudeikis. That to be part two, where the kid, where they get into like a playground, you hear fight, 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 and it's Baby Yoda fucking ripping his arms off with the force. I, I was really hung up on the packaging of those macaroons because it just looked like unbranded kind of Oreo packaging. Yes. I was like. I wonder if I had maybe more Star Wars specific packaging for those, but oh, well. Well, maybe just... on the other side it's got some squiggly symbols <laughs> yeah. that say when you translate them it's like fucking <laughs> Ahsoka <off>. Tano's <laughs> biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I I think it's good. I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying having it back and watching it every week. But yeah. I do feel like Next week kind of has to be a proper episode, mm. like a story episode again, right? We're getting a bit too much into the X-Files, we're, taking a lot of time off the yeah. main This part. was episode three, right? Four. This was four. Mm. Oh, okay. So yeah, five makes sense for like a good kind of like, you know, something That's exciting true. to happen. Yeah. I should point out to people who like the X-Files, I know it's the other way around and the myth arc stuff was shite and the <laughs> Monster of the Week stuff was good. I'm just saying it's copying it in the wrong way. Yeah. Anyway, PS5 came out in the UK this week. And it was a shit show. Um, and with that in mind, uh, I don't know if uh, how many people follow the IGN UK Twitter account, but we pointed out the fine work of Robert Anderson, who runs our IGN UK deals account. Um, it was a ride yesterday. Not least, I mean, we'll, we'll, we get into this, but um, a lot of shit went wrong and it was very entertaining to watch Robert go slowly insane <laughs> trying to cover it in public. Um, and... Uh, I, who requested it? Grobel. Loyal listener Grobel requested that we talk to Robert Anderson. And I thought, that's a nice idea. So I did. Uh, and here's 15 minutes of us having a chat about how mad it was trying to cover this ludicrous launch. So I'm joined by a man who I believe in the last two weeks, I think, has become kind of a folk hero for people of the UK. Um, I think more than anything we've... Anything IGN UK has done for the last year, we've had the most compliments for Robert Anderson, 
the man behind the IGN UK Deals Twitter account, and I'm delighted to be joined by this sort of modern Robin Hood figure that we have on our team. Hello. Thank you. Uh, to be described <laughs> as a modern Robin Hood is, is very surreal. You're, yeah, you're, I don't know if it counts as stealing from the rich, but you're certainly... Well, I guess you're enabling the rich. I'm, I'm, a, I'm enabling Nottingham. Yeah. I'm enabling Amazon. <laughs> yeah, you're the modern sheriff of Nottingham. Um, and we had we had some requests to talk to you because yesterday, particularly in the midst of the PS5 launch, which I think we can all agree went absolutely swimmingly and there have been oh. no issues at all. Um, yeah, you were kind of, you were at the heart of the hurricane and I we. People wanted to hear from you. We've had a lot of compliments. Um, and yeah, I think this is worthwhile. But before we start talking about the PS5 launch and launches in general, we ask some questions to everyone who comes onto the podcast for the first time. So I've got to get these out of the way. Okay. I would like to know um, what your favorite game of all time is. Uh, yeah, that's quite easy, actually. Um, mm-hmm. It's the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Um, oh, nice! Actually, one of the first games I ever got. My my granddad bought me a 360, and mm-hmm. um, you, I, I was actually playing Oblivion around his, and I was I must have gone round to visit my grandparents, and I spent the whole time I was there, like two days straight, basically playing this game. And he went, "Well, you might as well just have it." To be honest, Rob. <laughs> wait, so wait, your granddad just bought Oblivion for himself, and then you played it enough that you have nicked Oblivion. Yeah, basically. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of my granddad playing Oblivion is hilarious to me. That's wicked. Yeah. He used to be able to do it with controllers of his thumbs, but he can't do it anymore. So. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, probably best that you've got Oblivion then. You yeah. made, made the most of it. Um, I, I sunk like 500 hours into the game, so I think it's well worth it. It is. That is a banging game. I th- often forgotten after Skyrim as well, but I reckon it had more to it. Uh, Favourite movie? Uh, the Dark Knight. Fair enough. What remember- is it about The Dark Knight versus the other Batman films? Uh, I remember being fucking terror. Oh, can I swear? I just swore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can absolutely swear. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was just double checking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I was fucking terrified by it when I went to see it when I was a kid. Um, mm. Do you know the scenes with like Heath Ledger being like, why so serious and stuff like that? And there's a couple of jump mm-hmm. scares in the film. Um, and then suddenly I became really into horror films off of the back of that, which is, it's is it really you, weird. Did you, did you just get really into the bit where he goes, tryouts? And <laughs> yeah. then that's basically the mini horror film at the heart of that. <laughs> yeah. So I really, like, I was into comics when I was younger and I was into superheroes, but I really mm-hmm. think that's the film that went, okay, I'm interested in this. I want to pursue more. And that's where my love for for Batman comics and, and everything superheroes really stems from so it holds a special cool. place in my heart i saw um i think it was christopher nolan this week was saying like he's delighted that he got to make batman before um before superhero films became like a commercial juggernaut and it's like you did that like it was yeah. such a, it's such a weird thing he's like oh i'm so glad i got to do that before the before all the big boys came it's like you made a billion dollars a film on those. This is no, exactly you're not a hipster. Happened. You're not a hipster, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite funny. Um, and what's your favourite TV show? Uh, oh, wait, that's I say that's a little bit more of a difficult one because I've got a lot mm. that I, 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 I'm going to stick to my British traditions and say Doctor yeah. Who. Fair enough. We haven't got. I think Perslow's the only one who's a proper 
do you call yourselves Hoovians? Is that what it is? Oh, if I made I, that, I, up? I don't like the word. But I guess okay. So. What What would you call yourself? A Who fan. An Just angry, a Who fan. Angry Doctor Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it one of those things where you hate love the program now? Basically now, yeah. Like yeah. It's it's That's a case fair. where you keep watching it and you go, ah, oh, back in my day, back <laughs> in my day. <laughs> which is, which one is your day? <laughs> Uh, Eccleston. I, Eccleston is when I started watching. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a hipster, and I don't like it when people say they their favourite doctor's David Tennant. Um, okay. So I, I always say mine's favourite's Matt Smith, but I, like Eccleston is the iconic like childhood doctor. He got you in. Yeah. Fair enough. And the final question is: Have you seen the movie The Prestige? No. I haven't actually. Oh my god! All right, now sorry, we have to end this interview. That's a, that's a bad answer. I'm yeah, afraid. I was supposed you to should do watch like the massive, Prestige. It's a Nolan film, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of yeah. the best films ever made. Yeah, I was supposed to do a rewatch of it recently, and I never got around to it. Um, you can't call it a rewatch if you've never seen it. That's not. That's I, I, not I right. meant, I meant like a whole <laughs> Nolan like oh, from start see, to finish right. of Nolan films, basically. Right. Um, I would just start with the prestige and then films. It's a weird blip in my movie. That, uh, that is a bad blip. It's, yeah. the, it's the best. Um, I think you'll have a new favorite film over the Dark Knight once you see the prestige. It's the best. Okay. Um, all right, that's quite enough of that. So you have been keeping a track on next gen console launches for us for a while. Yes. Is this like the most cack handed release of a set of products that? has ever happened because yeah. it looks that way from the outside yeah well i mean even from the start like mm. it, it was ages before we even knew about the price of the ps5 and the xbox they were both doing a proper cam mouse game eventually mm-hmm. it got leaked by xbox and playstation were like right here's our price too <laughs> and and then it got to september and everyone was excited and we got to see the playstation and everyone was like well, when's the pre-orders going to come up and sony mm-hmm. was like we'll let you know and we all know what <laughs> happened next and then the rater says <laughs> Sony didn't let them know. <laughs> mm. And so, like, so, yeah, it started badly. Was So, I'm going to wait, I want to skip forward to this week because PS5 is going to be the thing we're talking about most. Yeah. Yesterday sort of seemed to start badly and just get worse and worse. Yeah. So, and what's it like? So, if, if people don't know, the, I think the, the first major incident of that day was Curry's PC World accidentally said we'll start selling our our ps5s and then when oh actually we're not selling those so we'll cancel those orders yeah. and put them up later it, it, and- it, it happened in stages basically so curries had officially said they were gonna they were gonna start selling at nine o'clock nine o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. ps5s will go on sale um they developed a new queue system so that if the if the website got flooded it would automatically put people into a queue it was all very clever um, mm-hmm. What wasn't very clever is the fact that you could, they had put the PS5 up early, but wouldn't allow people to put it in their baskets. But you could put it in your basket if you just saved it to your wish list and then put it into your basket. And people <laughs> discovered this very quickly. And and probably because I told them to as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So that people have been doing this since early in the morning. And then I got mm. up and went, well, this is the thing. And, and started tweeting about it, started telling people about it, and then Curry's very quickly went, oh shit, we've just sold a bunch of PlayStations, and I'm almost certain they sold a decent chunk of their stock like, yeah. that they were supposed to. Um, so they've they've come out and gone, we're going to cancel orders before 9am, um, 
supposedly. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna we're gonna launch at nine a.m. with the real stock. Yeah. Nine a.m. rolls around, no sign of a PlayStation Five, and then they say, "Oh, we're we're delaying it for a little bit." <laughs> And then one of the customer assistant people goes, it's going to be 11 a.m. So everyone goes, okay, 11 a.m., let's go. Curry, mm-hmm. PC World, PS5, let's go. Launch day, exciting. Uh, and 11 a.m. rolls around and there's no PS5s up. <laughs> it's like, you go, where's the PS5s, Curry's? And at this point, I'm pretty sure Curry's was trending on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was getting very annoyed. Um <laughs> <laughs> At me as well. I was like, I'm just giving you the information that I have. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird side effect of the deals thing. Is like people are furious at. Like, it's the it's the definition of shooting the messenger. Literally, like, I like, can't do anything about it. I will give you the information that I have. Like, mm. and and then obviously Curry's were like, yeah, we're we're not even gonna do PS fives today anymore. But what is that? That feels like uh, like a tantrum. It's like, yeah. we just can't be asked. We're bored of this. I want to sell fridges for the rest of the day. I'm taking my ball home. Like, but, boy, and, but then, like you pointed out to me, that it feels like they did start giving some of the PS5s they sold in the first place that they said they were cancelling. So it didn't even make sense. No. Well, people have got... Like, people who did weren't pushing their luck. So people who ordered, like, two or three, I'm pretty certain their orders got cancelled. Yeah. Um, anyone who would, like, try to slide under the radar... Maybe just order one. Um, it looks like they've got confirmation emails and they've said that the PS5 is on the way. It will develop over the next couple of days and we'll see if people actually get their ship to them. But mm. right now, it's looking like some of the ones that were actually ordered before nine are actually going to get delivered. So, yeah. Fair play. But then that's like the tip of the iceberg, though, because we've seen like almost every website bar Amazon go down. Yep. Uh, Amazon kind of like did as well to be fair so they went shaky yeah like it just feels like no one was ready for what was so obviously going to be a massive rush particularly when no one has any fucking other thing to do so they'll just sit in front of their computer until they get what they want Literally. it's wild I don't understand how companies someone like Apple can organise massive iPhone launches and yet these massive video game companies in the UK as well like in the UK video games are the biggest media form like, mm. it, it beats out everything else. So this is the biggest launch of a console, I'd say, ever. Yeah. And every website crashes. Every it's website. So weird. It, it was, it, it but, was consistently everything crashing. I think that this is the thing is, to me, as someone who was very lucky and, and didn't have to deal with that yesterday, like... The the major form of entertainment for me was just having IGN UK deals open and watching you go slowly insane. Like just just the kind of continual breakdown that I was witnessing as you still diligently linked out to everything, but yeah. just the accompanying text. Like it must have been infuriating to try and keep track of. It really was. Uh, like uh, Amazon had also said that they were going to go live at twelve. And then everyone mm-hmm. was like, the Curry's had failed. Game had also delayed their PS5 launch. So everyone was like, right, Amazon at 12. That's our that's our big one. There we go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Amazon's a big one for me as well. I was set on Amazon. Amazon needs to go well. Again, 12 rolls around and everyone floods Amazon's site. PS5s don't go live, number one. Number two, the mm-hmm. PS5 page for the Amazon page just goes completely down. 
And everyone that's trying to get on it is just sending me pictures of dogs. Because when you go on mobile and a product isn't coming up on Amazon, it just comes up with a picture of a dog going, oh, there's yeah. no product here. So I'm just flooded with pictures of dogs going, there's no PS5. And I'm like, I know! I know! <laughs> Stop sending me pictures of Cocker Spaniels! <laughs> I love the side effect that no one's thought. Like, the dog thing is a nice idea, kind of, for people who can't get what they're getting to. And it's meant to be like, oh, that's... You know that that's calmed me down. No one thought of the poor deals people who are getting sent a thousand pictures of dogs. That's so grim. I can't believe. I mean, I don't know if you like dogs before, but I'm assuming dogs are yeah, I, I like, like dogs. Just horrific now. <laughs> just like Vietnam flashback oh, shit. I, I fear the dog. <laughs> so, like, to the people listening who either haven't got one yet or weren't able to get one. Do you have advice or hope to offer, or are we looking at like an extended period of this is just going to be a hellscape trying to get one of these things? Honestly, it, it, I don't think these things are going to be consistently in stock until middle of next year mm-hmm. at the moment. They're so mm. popular and the companies aren't making them quick enough. Mm. that it's it's just going to be the case like there's going to be stock drops there's always going to be stock drops because these things mm-hmm. are popular they're not just going to stop making them um but the, the there's a real issue at the moment that a lot of people were bringing up with me is the bots and scalpers mm. um people have got these these this stuff set in and they're very good at finding the stock quickly same way i find the stock quickly it's mm-hmm. my job to, but I'm not the one trying to sell the stuff on. I'm just trying to help people get a console, whereas these other people are buying the consoles and trying to sell it for 800 to to £1,000. Yeah. And there are people that they're out there that have got money to spare that will just drop it, that will drop 800 mm. quid on a console because they want it. I would quite like to find out that um, you were using your powers for evil and that you actually have a sideline in like incredibly expensive consoles that you've just scooped up. And uh, sold to people who only get pictures of dogs. Don't, that don't, would be don't, don't call me out. a twist. This is my side. <laughs> that would be your Joker-style Dark Knight reveal. <laughs> it turns out like, you've been driven insane by pictures of dogs, so you're just so you're just selling consoles for a thousand quid. You thought my PS5s were bad. <laughs> uh, also, actually, to, one thing that's kind of emerged overnight. Do you know anything about the Amazon sending, supposedly sending people the wrong things or couriers swapping out um, PS5s on the way? Have you seen this? Uh, I've seen people receive physical editions when they're supposed to receive digital editions. Oh, so I'm talking about people who are apparently getting sent like an air fryer instead of a PS5 with yeah. like the wrong the wrong tape on the box and shit. Yeah. Like I have seen a couple of bits like that. It's it's nothing so much that it's a rampant issue. Um, mm-hmm. But I have seen it happen. Um, I, I don't have any suggestions other than talk to Amazon. They're normally quite mm-hmm. good at sorting this stuff out. Um, even if your PS5 is delayed, you will get one, or they will try and sort something out for you. It's yeah. It's just it's one of those things. It's very very rare. It is grim though. Imagine it's yeah. like just opening up your new console and it's. I would just, I would be furious. I, I'm not surprised. Just a little step ladder. Angry if that. It would be mental. It would be so bad. All right, Robert. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that your brain remains intact over the course of uh, over the course of the next few weeks as this keeps happening. Yeah, no worries. Um, uh, 
people should obviously visit IGN UK deals for all the up to the minute stock drops um, and other stuff. Like I'm assuming Black Friday is going to be yeah wild. Yeah, so I'll, um, I'll, I'll be posting loads of stuff to do with Black Friday. Just don't get angry with me when it's not a PS5. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where else should people find you? Uh, my uh, regular Twitter uh, handle is Robert Liam twenty one. Um, that's basically it. Don't try and find me anywhere else, please. <laughs> do you even? Uh, do you kind of go even wilder on the personal account? Is this like a uh, personal versus yeah, professional I, I situation? Yeah, spe- I specifically have a thing on my on my profile that says all of my views are reflected by my employer. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, <laughs> oh, well, I, I haven't I, checked that recently, I, but I am worried. I, I'm a I'm a little bit of a retweet frenzy political person in my regular life. Okay, so. that's all right. As long as you're not like posting pictures of dogs you've killed or something. No, I'm right. not that that's bad. I, I just tell people. <laughs> I just I just tell certain political parties to fuck off a lot. So yeah, fair enough. Oh, I'm, I can get behind that. Yeah. we endorse that on the IGN UK podcast. No. That's fine. All right, cheers, pal. No worries. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. I know I said it in there, but you should really follow IGN UK deals on Twitter. Could not least, it got loads of people PS5s yesterday against the odds, but also with Black Friday coming up, yeah. seriously, he's going to go wild. <laughs> I'm going to do um, that right now. My, one of my favourite things is after um, after we chatted, he was, I was, we kind of carried on talking about it a bit, and <laughs> Robert was like, yeah, there was, there was like this guy threatening to shank people in my mentions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There was a guy who came in and got angry at being told to calm down because he hadn't got a PS5. He threatened to shank them. That's that's the kind of chaos caused by Hermes and Yodel, which is a detriment to the world when they have to deliver anything because they're fucking monsters. Well, we we touched on this briefly in our chat, but yeah, the, um, the stories about Amazon packages supposedly being swapped by couriers is insane. It's crazy. I feel so sorry for anyone that's yeah. happened to because, oh my God, I would be so angry. I've been if complaining recently. It ain't worth it. I've been complaining recently yeah. about Amazon on their big items of putting passcodes now on them, but it makes mm. complete sense now seeing the way people act around this sort of stuff. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, we thought, given the PS5 came out this week properly in the UK, we'd talk a bit more about it because like, we've talked a lot about our time with next gen consoles, but I don't know how much we talked last week about Xbox and PS5, but. Certainly, now that a lot of people listening will hopefully have their consoles, mm. I kind of wanted to check in about it. How are you finding it? Um, I I very much enjoy them. Um, I don't like that. So for the Xbox purpose, it feels very much... I think we've already... We've kind of said this point of view, but it definitely feels more like the Xbox One X step up. You know, mm. just, to like a, just a boost in power. And obviously, everything runs faster, but... Because the UI is all the same, you know, it's very much got a peripheral look of it feels the same to me. So mm. it's hard to get as excited about that. Whereas mm. with the PS5, it looks different. The controller is significantly different. That that truly feels like, you know, a next-gen experience. And I still find myself, like, excited booting it up right now, looking at it, thinking, mm. oh, this is all new and shiny. I'm not excited about looking at it in my entertainment unit because it looks like a monster. <laughs> But oh god, you should see my wife's reaction when I brought open that and put it into the unit for the first time. She just looked and went, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. Anna was a bit more like, um, I think she saw it and she was like, "Okay, well, it's not great, but you know." And then when she saw it actually installed, she was like, 
oh my god like it just like <laughs> i had no idea it would look like that yeah. <laughs> it's and then just I, look, I look at the series x and it totally blends in with the shadow mm. like i can barely see it like at all in my media unit and the ps5's like hey guys i'm here jesse <laughs> you're forgetting that you've got a keyed in background <laughs> oh, yeah, of a woman making a crazy face in i think that's, dark souls that's not just any woman that's my that's my oc character in demon souls in Demon Souls, okay. and so what that looked like when you turned round to look at your PS5 was you were looking her. at her to like kind of get her opinion. <laughs> she agrees. <laughs> Embarrassing. That was moment. bizarre. Um, yeah, like I think I'm kind of I'm similar. I have to say, I unfortunately have had several problems with my <laughs> PS5. So yeah. I've had the download queue bug, which is actually fixed as of today, which is amazing. So cool. I can actually play Call of Duty now. Nice. Um, I also have a problem where my controller isn't charging yeah, properly, and it's really? quite noisy. Mm. Um, it's noisy? Oh, yeah, I didn't have it noisy. So mine was quite a lot, which mm. I'm worried about. Have um, you got enough like air in between your I believe unit I do. I've looked into it, but I'm so I am going to move it and check. Um, yeah. But it's doing it like immediately. It's not like a... That's bizarre. Yeah, it's not like a... It's getting hot. It's mm. like I turn it on and it is whirring. Okay. So... It's not been a smooth launch for <laughs> PS5 for me. Yeah. Um, I think for, and so that's for been a, a bit lot disappointing. As well, right? Like, because like, these yeah. bugs are like quite well documented at this mm. point as well. Although yeah, the patch they to the PS4, like when that was released, or the Pro. Mm. Like, I feel like one of these new consoles, like, or previous gen rather, had these kind of issues. But that's what happens with like kind of earlier, not early adoption, but, you know, and as soon as a console's released, it's going to have Absolutely. some you, of those you issues. Always, you are effectively acting as a tester when you're first wave for consoles. Yeah. Like yeah. it's always the way. Like my Xbox One when I first got it just didn't turn on, and I mm. had to go back and take it back. My 360 red ringed like everyone else's. Like I'm yeah. not exactly lucky with my brand new consoles. <laughs> like I get, I always get them day one, and I always have problems. You got Except Switch, Joy Con Drift, didn't you? Uh, I did eventually. That yeah. wasn't day one, oh, thankfully. Right, okay. But but I've also had that on six different Joy Cons. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have so, not experienced that yet quite happy yeah are you sure you're not cursed Jay? i think either i'm cursed or i'm just really fucking dusty um <laughs> shed skin i'm just walking console. around like a mummy shaking my skin into everything i would say um, um some of the bugs like it's very nice that they can just patch it with software but the one where you said that your ps5 is whirling a bit that sounds very concerning to me because yes. my mind doesn't yeah. make a peep it's completely silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do need to... I, I'm just too lazy. I, I need to test moving it and just seeing if it's an airflow thing. Because if it is, then it's fucking irritating, but I can deal with it. Just um, shake it violently. I just have to make more space behind my TV to go with my hidden Series X yeah. that doesn't fit anywhere else. Um, yeah, so, like, that's not been great. But I, I'm with you. Like, the PS5 does have the novelty factor like yeah. i think i think there's a lot to love about series x kind of coming out and feeling like a continuation and like it's insane that i can play original xbox games on that yeah. i never will no. but it is insane that i can um and just like the process smart delivery so seamless and like I, you know i was playing watchdogs legion in the morning and the day I got my Series X, and by the evening I was playing exactly the same game, save game, looking better, running better. And, like, that's a cool thing yeah. to be able to do with no yeah. hassle. Um, 100%. But you're right, like, the PS5, the controller's amazing. Yeah. Um, did you know, I don't know how well-known this is now, I'm trying to get an interview about it, but the um, Series X, I'm sorry, the, the PS5 haptic feedback is made by the same people that did HD Rumble on the Switch. Oh, really? 
Like it's the same Traitors. company that designed those I mean, two systems. It makes Absolute sense, traitors. I guess. Like, yeah. It, like it fits. As soon as you hear it, you're like, that makes perfect sense. I, but I just had no idea. When I was playing with it the other day, the engineering part of my brain did kick in at one point, just thinking, <laughs> how is this working? Like, mm. because have you, have you ever opened up an old controller, you know, when it was just like your standard rumble? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just things rolling at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, it's clearly not that. And then it's, I guess it's more similar to what like phones have. You know, like phones mm. make very subtle um, vibrations that you wouldn't even yeah. notice, really, but to make you feel like you've touched buttons and stuff like that. Yeah. That do you think there's like specific haptic feedback developers now? Do you think that's going to be a job? Because I was literally about to talk about this. So um, <laughs> my f- friend and ex-boss, Matthew, asked this um, on Twitter to a, a game developer we both know. Oh, okay. A um, guy called Rod who made Scram Kitty and, the, and his buddy on Rails, which is amazing on Wii U. Um <laughs> And he got into how, um, in some respects, it, w- it will be different at every developer because there's no like specific area for this. Yeah. But he suspects that many places will have it connected to the audio department nice. because uh, it's so much about feedback. Yeah. And like prog- and so it's essentially an extension of audio it's all to sensory, an extent. Right? That's yeah, quite and cool. like particularly with I guess like three D audio and stuff. Um, and then he said, like, more experimentally, you'll probably get mini teams of, like, audio designers, gameplay designers, and, and like, people set up specifically as a tiny department to work yeah. on haptic feedback. Yeah. I think that's fucking wicked. Yeah. That like, would be dope. It, it does feel like, you know, they've half invented a new medium for games to, like, communicate through, which is, yeah. we just haven't seen, well, apart from HD Rumble, which just no one bothered with, and... Mm. Jury's out. Who knows whether we'll see anyone bothering with haptic feedback yeah. in a year or two. I think mean, that's my concern, um, that Astrobot is the peak. I do yeah. worry, like, because obviously that game is built around that, right? Whereas all the yeah. other games I've played so far, yeah, there's cool moments. Like, COD has cool triggers and Spider-Man, you can feel, like, the web swing and stuff. Yeah. But they haven't really gone to town on it like Astrobot has. Mm. Um, obviously, I haven't been able to try COD yet because of the fucking bug. <laughs> but um, the... I have to say, like, the most... Uh, like astonishing bit of it so far has been the thing where it locks the triggers mm. to a certain extent in Astrobot yeah. and you have to blast off your controller yeah. by pushing past the bite point and like that's crazy that that can mm. work it's just amazing. instantly and that it can kind of adjust um and i hear that the the trigger point stuff in cod guns is very impressive yes, as well it's, it's um, cool but i was actually kind of bothered by it like halfway through my playthrough like of the single player i was like mm-hmm. i was just when when you think about other controllers, just it's just you you press it and it's done. But now it's just there's more force than what my fingers just want to experience. I did find like, my fingers hurting after <laughs> playing card. I did like Sorry? I did feel like strain on my fingers after playing card. Like yeah, I pretty much just like, through the whole thing. I'm a lazy fuck anyway because I'm playing games for most of my life. But like my fingers just being annoyed by triggers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a weird feeling. It's not something you're used to. Obviously, I don't know. And I can see that. I think that yeah. like. I, and I do think that's going to be a point. Obviously, like esports, everyone's going to turn off any yeah, any stuff, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the or what they'll do is an esports mode because you know, like how um, Elite Controller on Xbox and stuff has a mode where you can make the trigger pull much shorter so that it technically oh, reduces right. milliseconds of time. Yeah. Um, like I could see them introducing a mode where it's like turn on the adaptive triggers so that the pull is really yeah. tiny. I think um, the vibration stuff is more cool, like in Astro, when it's like, I think rain in one scene, you can yeah. feel like the individual raindrops and whatnot. I think mm. that's cool, but so, so I think some people are going to take the triggers too far and go absolutely ham with them in like certain first person shooters or racing games and stuff, but who knows? Well, 
they've already said Deathloop's going to do a thing where your guns can jam and that will jam your triggers physically, which I think sounds cool, but like... I will break that. that, (laughs) I will try so hard to push through it. I think what it's going to do is do the same thing as Astrobot, where it essentially stops you to a point, yeah, and then you can push past it, but it doesn't. It just won't make a difference. It'll be like you're pulling something this, that's not working um, properly. I just had an idea for one, and it may seem a bit sadistic, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, but what about if in something like electric shocks? <laughs> what about in something like Hitman, where say by the triggers, you know, you get that where it creates that sort of two step, where if you pull by something and you grab someone by the throat, but if you crunch down, then you actually snap their neck. Do you well. want to feel like oh, you're strangling people? I want to feel like <laughs> I actually snap. Well, I was thinking of how it could work in something like The Last of Us. And obviously that's mm. got that very visceral sort of neck snapping and things like that. And I was like, what yeah. if you, you actually have to make a conscious decision to really ramp down mm. on those triggers to do that? I haven't tried it yet, but people are saying The Last of Us already has some adaptive oh, okay. trigger stuff built in. Out. I think um, I saw that online, th- yeah. But I haven't tested it myself. I think like bows and stuff feel... I don't, maybe that would... It might have been bullshit, but I, <laughs> I did read it. So <laughs> Just remember, it, actually. The Last of Us... install and check. The Last of Us 2 still has an online sort of version game, whatever, coming out. Yeah, the multiplayer mode is meant to come. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that was happening. Yeah. So I yeah. wonder if they'll do anything for that. that might, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly um, worried about the controller, though, that we haven't yet experienced. Because, um, you know, with Joy-Con Drift, everyone was fine up until a couple months in. And then mm. for, I can imagine, like, what happens if the, the feedback just gets busted? Like, I'm sure extensive testing was done, but you would say the same for the... Uh, what's it called the Joy-Con yeah. so I'm not sure if it's to like fair, unforeseen consequences appearing soon I will say like the Joy-Con is clearly a less um, technologically advanced te- technologically controller. advanced piece of kit and HD Rumble has never had a problem yeah. so yeah that's true you'd hope that haptic feedback and stuff adapt triggers could be a thing like if, if there is getting to a point where like springs are getting broken or some <laughs> shit like who knows but yeah, I I do feel like you know of you know, as someone who's had multiple problems with stuff, the DualSense does feel like a very solid yeah, bit of kit. Definitely. Like I, I really like yeah. the thing to the point where, um, because I play a lot with my Switch Pro controller, I've been use. It feels like a Switch Pro controller to me, which is a con- controller I love. Yeah, and I was accidentally constantly pressing Circle to accept things because it felt <laughs> like I should be pressing A on the Pro controller on Switch. It was really strange. Yeah. It's a big controller. Also. This isn't on the running order, but can we quickly talk about IO making a Bond game? <laughs> yes. Which I think is like... So fucking excited. It's insane how perfect that is. I can't believe no one's guessed it before. I mean, Matt did. And I, yeah. I saw a few other people on Twitter. Like, he was excited. He, I thought he tweeted saying, like, he really hopes that, you know, they actually do that. But it's the perfect fit. I mean, whenever I play Hitman, I always just pretend he's Bond, despite me, like, throwing, I don't know, axes into people's heads and stuff. It's just... It, Hitman is basically the perfect spy. He's just bold. It's like it's and, like Bond, but with more fancy dress, isn't it? Like, yeah, Bond doesn't tend to. Well, it's get Bond into with more outfits. fancy dress and more evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like that's so that's the thing I'm interested in. Like, are they going to let you be as horrible as you are in Hitman mm. in a Bond game, or do you have to be a bit nicer in that kind well, of context? Is everyone kind of expecting it to be a bit more open than what a Bond games often are? Because we don't even know if it's going to be first person or third person. You know, you think about James Bond games, you have Nightfire, GoldenEye, um, The World Is Not Enough, and games like that. There's always first person. There's only Trust few- you to name Nightfire no, before no. GoldenEye. Nightfire is better than <laughs> GoldenEye. Let's just get that straight. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing. People don't actually know other than this is an origin story. So people are saying, oh, do we get to play as, you know, um, whatever insert your favorite Bond is. And we don't even mm. know what time period it is because if it's an origin story, like wasn't the first Bond in the 60s or something, we don't know if it's going to take place in modern day mm. or not. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to find out. Uh, I would love like... 
imagine if it was like vintage Hitman, like 60s Hitman. I, I, that would, would, be I would love really that. Cool. It could go I either way, couldn't that. it? A young uh, Bond breaking in. He could either be really reckless and just like killing people all over the shop, or he could be like real goody two shoes because he's trying to go up the ranks. <laughs> yeah. Well, so <laughs> the, 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 the key to their press release is it's him earning double O status, which in the, in the remake of Casino Royale is you have to get two kills. Hmm. So it's I don't know what it game. means in the context of Hitman. Tutorial. <laughs> like, I can, I can I'm assuming that's minute. being reworked. <laughs> yeah, because you just walk in and shoot two people. Like, <laughs> I win! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. They also keep calling it the very first Bond origin story. And it's like, there's a whole comic book series of young Bond stuff that's official. And in a there's video also game, maybe? Casino Royale. Uh, so it must be in a video game, yeah. but it, yeah. it's a strange way of putting it. Um, mm. But yeah, I just thought like I lo- in, the, in the press release, the CEO of IO, his first line was basically "Sometimes dreams do come true." <laughs> it's like that's not very press releasey language. Yeah. You don't see that very much in the, in games. But it's, so it's just, it was really nice. It's, it's a nice line to show that we're really excited, and I can't think of a developer who's better suited for mm. a Bond game because we haven't had a good one in years, probably since like yeah. maybe playstation 2 and xbox days to be honest yeah like in terms of license plus developer it's it's so perfect that part of me's like it just has to be shit yeah (laughs) because (laughs) i just can't believe but it can't live up to expectations though that's probably the concern Imagine if it just turned out to be Kane and Lynch 3, Bond and Lynch. (laughs) I would be depressed. Um, Yeah, I think, like, super interesting thing. I really like it. Anyway, from one game to another. In this case, The Endless Search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Okay, so I'm gonna do a user submitted one. This is from Emil Lang. He says, Ooh. Hi, lad. Hi, lad. Hi, lads. <laughs> Hi, lad. Uh, I, that is definitely just says lads. I just said lad. <laughs> Hi, lads. Emil from. It says Arus Denmark. I assume that's how it's pronounced. Sorry if it's wrong. Nice. Uh, with an endless search suggestion. I've sent it in before with seemingly no luck. Well, we get a lot of emails, so sometimes they get lost a little bit. Sounds um, bad. But the game is fun to put together, so I thought I'd try again. Someone else sent in this game before, I think, but I don't remember what they called it. I don't really have a good idea for a name. The plot thickens, maybe? So that's quite good. I've not played this game before, but I believe it's called, is it Portman Overwatch? Portman Overwatch? Oh, Portmanteau Overwatch, it, yeah. yeah. What's that? Um, so it basically seems like that game. So where there's two, fi- there's a description of two films put together and the end of one film title will kind of link into the intro- the first word of the second one. Does that make sense? So we're, so we're guessing the portmanteaued uh Wait, so we, are, we guessing, are we guessing what the film is? Yeah, well, basically. it's a made up name, but like I'll, read, I'll do the oh, test okay. one. So the test one is a young boy raised by space apes in the alien jungles of a faraway planet decides to join his new blue-skinned friends in their battle against the humans. The main antagonist gets into a mech during the final clash, but eventually entangles himself in the forest vines where he's strangled to death. Do you know what that would be? Uh, I've got half of it. I mean, uh, it's just the test one, so... Oh, it, isn't isn't that just um, Tarzan and uh, Avatar? Avatarzan. Yeah, Avatarzan. There you go. Right, yeah. Avatarzan. Yeah. Got, it? Okay. got it? Got it, got it, got cool. it. So okay. he's gave us... He's given us uh, 15 here. That's probably too many. So let's do 10. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> they are quite long descriptions. Boys. So we'll, do, we'll, we'll see how we get on. 
Anyway, I'll go. Yeah. Keep a score. Joe. I'm going to be Jesse. shit. <laughs> Don't worry, man. It's all good. There's definitely, skimming through it, there's definitely films in here you've seen, so you'll be good. Question number one. This movie sees Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone chase their dreams of stardom on the Danish West Coast in 1945 as they endeavour to rid the beaches of mines left over from World War II. Again, definitely got one bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the second bit is tough because I've not heard of that film. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a guess based on, I don't think it's a film, La La Land of Our Fathers. <laughs> no, you got the first bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Any idea, Jesse? La La Kirk, which is a mix of La La Land La and La Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Even though there's no minds in that film, I just took a guess. <laughs> so I'll tell you the answer because I don't think you're going to get it. But the answer is La La Land of Mine. Land of Mine? Land of Mine. Emil, I think you've overestimated <laughs> our uh, film knowledge yeah. here. West Coast of Denmark minesweeping films aren't, aren't really <laughs> in the general I would What's say the film called Land of Mine. Land of Mine. I'm skimming through the rest of them. They're all pretty mainstream films, so that just seems like an anomaly. Probably shouldn't have started with, but oh well. No points. Number two. Okay. Scott Thomas, a recent high school graduate, travels to Central Europe with his friends to find his pen pal, a thrill-seeking extreme sports enthusiast played by Vin Diesel, who is on a secret mission spying on Russian terrorists. Read that again. Sorry. <laughs> Scott Thomas, a recent high school graduate, travels to Central Europe with his friends to find his pen pal, a thrill-seeking extreme sports enthusiast played by Vin Diesel, who is on a secret spying mission on Russian terrorists. Okay. Again, I feel like I've got... Ah. <laughs> I know who Vin Diesel is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say these are two quite well-known films. Yeah. I don't know who Scott Thomas is. <laughs> I mean, that is a, if you know that film, that's a huge clue. But I guess oh, you don't know that film. Who? Or at least you know of it, but you haven't seen it. <sighs> Any idea, guys? I'm going to call it. Yeah, yeah, call it. Yeah. So the answer is Euro Triple X. So it's Euro Triple X. Joe looks furious. For himself. some reason, for some reason, the Central, the Eastern Europe thing. I just took to mean hostel. It's central. So I was just central like, Europe. how do hostel and triple X meet? <laughs> I was thinking of Fast and Furious, to be fair, but that's, uh, that's the most I've seen of him. Uh, okay, next one. This is going well so far. Tom Hanks <laughs> takes centre stage playing a female cyborg with a human brain in this mystery thriller. Having no recollection of her past, the cyborg must use her incredible combat skills to save four cardinals from death and Vatican City from an antimatter bomb planted by the Illuminati. Elite okay. and demons, is that it? Say like it. Elite, think, battle, think... elite battle angel and um, fucking oh. Oh, what's that stupid film he was in? You've, you've, you've basically got it. Got you've got it. Got I it Jesse. I don't you just haven't said the last it. word. <laughs> You you can get it right, Joe, because I can't fucking remember the no, name of the film. This is Jesse's. He's got it he's right. Because you've said all the actual names. Yeah. <laughs> Alita, Alita, Battle Angels and Demons. There you go. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, that's Jesse's. Point. That's Jesse's. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's skip over that one. Let's go to this one. It's a good one. <laughs> In this thrilling conclusion to a beloved trilogy, a young English lad turned secret agent must finish his quest to destroy a source of great evil. To buy his time, Colin Firth has rallied a great arm rallied great armies in a desperate gambit to distract the dastardly Samuel L. Jackson long enough for our hero to save the day. 
<laughs> oh Sounds good. Can, can you just read that again? Yeah, sorry. I okay, so I've got half everything. of it again. Read yeah. it again. Um, in, the, yeah. in this thrilling conclusion to a beloved trilogy, a young English mm. lad turned secret agent must finish his quest to destroy the source of great evil. To buy him time, Colin Firth has rallied a great... I keep messing that bit up. Colin Firth has rallied great armies in a desperate gambit to distract the dastardly Samuel L. Jackson long enough for our hero to save the day. Got it. Okay. Lord of the Rings Return of the King's Man. Yes, there you go. Right. There we okay. go. <laughs> I was just... Beloved trilogy, I was just like... Like Star Wars. <laughs> I, I was thinking I was like, of Kingsman the and then also one? what's the um uh, what's the trilogy with um is Scott fucking the dude from Die Hard in it? Um Joe and then it also has is is the film called Unbreakable? It's the last one. Oh, yeah, it's in, Bruce oh, Split or Glass. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's that a beloved yeah, that's not a beloved trilogy. <laughs> 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 no, I thought it was joking. Okay. Oh. <laughs> this is a clean one. Let's do this. Steve Carell and Brad Pitt star together in this stylish, violent movie about how difficult it is, how difficult it can be to be do one. Th- sorry, violent movie about how difficult it can be to do one thing everyone would expect a healthy man to have done by the time he is, he's forty, kill Hitler. Fucking hell! Sorry, there's a lot of weird words here. Okay, I've got one. Okay, Steve Carell and Brad Pitt star together in a stylish, violent movie about how difficult it can be to do one thing everyone would expect a healthy man to have done by the time he's 40. Kill Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My reader, that was terrible. I mean... I apologize. Oh, okay, right, yeah. The 40-year-old virgin glorious bastards. <laughs> That is shockingly it. Yeah, don't, it feels very, right. a big stretch, that one. I love how long it... You like, I was just sitting there going like, literally all we've heard is that Brad Pitt's in the other film and then yeah. it gets to the end, it's like, kill Hitler. You're like, ah, there we go. Okay, uh, what have we got here? Um, Jesus. Sorry, sorry, Joe, got that one. Um, two brothers... Heath Ledger and Dan Aykroyd travel around Chicago, Illinois <laughs> in the early 19th century where they live as con men pretending to lift curses in order to raise enough money to save the Catholic orphanage where they grew up from the foreclosure. Oh, from foreclosure, okay. sorry. Yeah. I know one of them. So I'll do it again. I, the, the idea that <laughs> The idea that Dan Aykroyd and Heath Ledger are brothers <laughs> is brilliant. So, um, two brothers, Heath Ledger and Dan Aykroyd, travel around Chicago, Illinois in the early 19th century where they live as con men pretending to lift curses in order to raise enough money to save the Catholic orphanage where they grew up from, from foreclosure. Oh, the Blues Brothers Grimm. It is the Blues Brothers Grimm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I only had the, the Blues Brothers part, and that's not even a film yeah, I've I seen. I could not remember what the Brothers Grimm was for ages. <laughs> okay. In this coming-of-age teen noir neo-thriller, Sorry, teen neo-noir thriller. Two teenagers on the cusp of graduating high school end up in the clutches of a handsome cult leader. Instead of partying and having awkward sex, the two boys get wrapped up in an old bank robbery. In an old bank robbery? (laughs) Sorry, the two boys get wrapped up in an old bank robbery, menstrual blood, (laughs) Molotov cocktails and Bill Hader. I'm I'm lost. I'm truly lost. Okay, I've got one. It's just more entertaining to watch Joe think. (laughs) (laughs) An old bank robbery? Mm. What the fuck is that? It's trying to throw you off, Joe. So what? What's the one you got? That kind of lead. Oh, I'm not, I can't, I'm not it. saying it. Come on. 
I don't know shit. <laughs> so in this well, coming of age, super bad. Yeah. Okay. So in this coming of age, teen neo noir thriller, two teenagers on the cusp of graduating high school end up in the clutches of a handsome cult leader. Instead of partying and having awkward sex with two boys, to be fair, the second one is only ever so slightly touched on here. A handsome cult leader. Yeah. An old bank robbery and Molotov cocktails are the other hints. They are. That's tough. Super bad boys? <laughs> <laughs> that could have worked. It's actually super bad times at the El Royale. Oh, oh yeah. I've never watched bad times at the El Royale. Oh, I quite enjoyed that. And even I didn't fucking realise what it was. <laughs> okay. I'm going to skip a few here. Let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, <laughs> okay, let's do this one. In this sequel to a horror classic, Tom Hanks, now a traumatised adult, must protect himself and a young psychic from an evil cult. In her desperation, the young psychic calls a psychologist on national radio to tell their story, leading to a single woman from across America writing letters to meet with her troubled guardian. I, I, think, I, know, I think I know one of the films. Yeah, one I... of them's more obvious than the other one. You, I, I'm trying to think who's definitely seen. You both definitely know of one film and you've, I think you've both seen the other one. I'm stumped on the Neil horror really part. likes films with cults. Yeah, I know, right? So I'll, do, I'll read it one more time. In the sequel to the horror classic, so that's important, in the sequel to a horror classic, Tom Hanks, now a traumatised adult, must protect himself and a young psychic from an evil cult. In her desperation, the young psychic calls a psychologist on national radio to tell their story, leading to a single woman leading to single woman from across, sorry, leading to single women from across America writing letters to meet with a troubled guardian. Uh. <laughs> hey, we got have we got anything, guys? I've got fuck all. <laughs> Jesse, you've got at least one of them, right? I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna embarrass myself because I can't remember the the name isn't Tom Hanks in a film called Big? Is that he what's called? Big. He is in a film called Big. That is not so, in the answer, though. Is it not? No. Okay, I'm just going to tell you because you guys aren't going to. The answer is Dr. Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, oh no, fuck God. that. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen both yeah. films, <laughs> but I still hopeless. would never have gotten it. Okay, let's do... We've got, we've got two more than a shorter one, so let's do them. An evacuated alien child turned undercover cop goes undercover in a racist organisation to stop a seemingly imminent Iranian plot to terraform Earth into new Krypton. Jesus Christ. I thought okay. I had one film, but then that's just completely been scrapped now. Um, okay. I've, I think I've got I think, one. I think you might have it. An evacuated alien child turned undercover cop goes undercover in a racist organisation to stop a seemingly imminent Iranian plot to terraform Earth into a new Krypton. Or Krypton. Is it Black Clan's Man of Steel? Actually, <laughs> I just realised it's Aryan, not Iranian. Yes, I misread it. And it is Black Clansman of Steel. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the Iranian really I know, threw me sorry. off. I was like, that's, that's I what I thought because I knew it was Klansman until that part and I was like, I'm lost. For some reason, I thought it was a typo and I corrected it myself. And then afterwards, when I reread it, when I wasn't talking out loud, I was like, wait, that's Aryan. Um, <laughs> Last I feel one, like okay. I, got, I got that one spiritually. Joe, Joe has won four to one here, but we'll do one more for fun. For fun. Yes. Oh, cheers. <laughs> a Canadian 20-something-year-old must battle his new girlfriend's evil exes if he wants to be with her. The only problem? Those exes number in the millions and are hungry for brains. 
Um, uh, okay, yeah, it's. Um, I feel like they've got the t- Scott Pilgrim world versus the World War Z. So yes, but he's written Scott Pilgrim against the World War Z, and the film is definitely called Scott Pilgrim versus the World, right? Yes, right. but yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Congratulations, Joe. Oh, and well uh, thank you so much. There's a one la- last little bit from Emil. He says, also, you do an excellent job. And while I would never say this to his face, Joe is a wonderful person and a gifted podcaster slash writer. Aw. That's thank very you. kind indeed. And I will not remember it. Um, <laughs> let's do some feedback. Thank you, Emil. That was fun. I mean, we're shit at it and I apologize, but it was fun. I mean, uh, I mean, Dale. it was mostly on me. Uh, anyway, right. <laughs> Read us some feedback, This is from you? Will Mitchell. He says, hi, you, iGen UK team. Love the pod. Been a listener since the beer-assisted E3 special of 2017, around 3.50, oh, I think. Yeah, I remember that one. Is that... Is it, is it an iconic podcast? Is that podcast? when we were in me and mine and Rory's apartment and we were sitting around a table? Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, there were like five of us, weren't yeah, there? I think so, yeah. That Hazy was, days. That was messy. Were you lot getting um, piss up? Yeah. We were. <laughs> um, from what I remember, it was like we were going to the IGN party straight afterwards, I think. We were, yeah. and I think we had a load of those like... What are they called? Rider Sevens or like those? Is that like that IPA cool. that comes out like fucking syrup? Like it was absolutely that sounds deadly. Gross. <laughs> it was like eight percent. Oh man, that was mess. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Will, because we don't really remember <laughs> yeah. it. Back to the email. I've been looking forward to getting my hands on the Series X since the announcement, but was unable to get a pre-order on day one. Since then, I've been checking various places to see if they are back in stock, but there are only places where people are trying to rip you off. My question is. Is there a way to stop a new console being sold on for increased prices online to people who weren't able to get them on release? Uh, so we should deal with that first before his last little point. Yeah, I wish I'd read this before I talked to the deals expert. Well, that's why I put it in. I thought Earlier it might be relevant. Um, but he, I mean, we covered this in our chat, but essentially scalpers are, a, are an increasing problem yeah. and yeah. use increasingly sophisticated tools to get their way. Mm. Um, currently... It is hard to deal with that stuff. And, like, frankly, it wouldn't surprise me to see this be the catalyst for, like, increased action on that kind of thing. I don't know what that would be. But unfortunately, like, right now, it's kind of... It's like escalating tech warfare. Mm. It's just people yeah. come up with more and more sophisticated ways to do it. And right now they're winning. Like yeah. the only way you can really circumvent that is if, you know, you have mates who try to like grab a pre-order for you at the same time you're trying to do it, have multiple sites up and stuff. But then e- even with that, like NVIDIA had the same issue where the new RTX lines got released and then the scalpers grabbed that like in a millisecond and you just, you can't beat, you can't beat them. The only way to piss no. them off is like, you know, put ridiculous bids on eBay and then they have to relist that stuff. But even then that's not that much of an issue because they yeah. still win because they have. I mean, yeah. I would say like, products. I know it's hard to, hard to hear, but maybe, I mean, the way to beat them long-term is to stop buying from them. Right. And obviously that doesn't solve your short-term mm. solution, but they have Microsoft and Sony have said like, you know, they are, there's going to be more stock. So mm. unfortunately, it means waiting for a little bit. And then yeah, if you're like the in the long term, gamer, then you win, I guess. Yeah, in the in the long yeah. term, you know, if, if people stopped, but I mean, that's easier said than done, right? But if people stopped yeah. buying from, they would stop doing it. Really, like the 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 kind of easy solution right now is also an annoying one, which is like take the sort of festival route and like attach names or um, like some kind of personal details to these purchases, yeah. and that way you can track them. But 
people don't like being tracked people don't like and it and it restricts you because you know i couldn't buy one as a gift easily and that kind of thing like it it causes problems as well but that i would be interested to see if places do start doing this like you were saying we started seeing passcodes for amazon deliveries it wouldn't surprise me to see that go back to the source and like you have to prove that you're buying it not to resell it or something like that but that's that's a tough thing to do hopefully they're back in stock real soon like they get more stock so everyone can everyone who wants one can get one uh he also says pickled onion monster munch are my vote for best crisps wrong disgusting i I disagree with that uh cheers guys (laughs) keep up the great work and for god's sake respect the sea yes thanks will jesse get involved yeah (laughs) cheers i have some feedback from uh lee he says hi (laughs) You're right there, Dale. Dale Dale's having problems with his, uh, with his camera blurring. I so he's just like, like high around. It went out of focus, so I'm trying to block the focus and reset it. <laughs> Sorry. Some really cool video stuff. It just looks like on. you're having a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, this is some feedback from Lee. Uh, Lee says, just a quick one. Do you guys have any recommendations for PS5 couch co-op games? My wife said she fancied playing some co-op stuff with me, so I'm looking for games which are suitable for her. A bit of a noob. Um, I'm misread <laughs> completely. Um, I was thinking. <laughs> Did you think a bit of a noob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna so take that, Jesus! It took me a few seconds to register that. I was thinking of Portal Two, but that's a PS3 game. How time flies, and I wasn't sure it would work on the PS5. It won't. So, do you guys have any recommendations for couch co-op games on the PS5, backwards compatibility included? Mm. Honestly, I have no idea because couch co-op just seems like something that doesn't it's very really exist unless it's an it? indie game. Yeah, there is there is um, some on PS3, like Little Big Planet. Um, sorry, Sat yeah. Boy's Big Adventure is couch mm. co-op. Uh, um, Overcooked. Do you like Overcooked? Well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Overcooked is fantastic. That's a stressful would, game to me, though, man. I can't handle it. It is stressful. I would say, uh, yeah, I've got, I know someone who says he directly puts Overcooked down to the ending of a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I was going to say Towerfall, but it's pretty full on. Yeah. That might not be a. Rocket League. Does Godfall like the, have couch cop? I don't yeah. know. Um, Rocket League has a um, split screen, right? And yeah, Cop does as well, really actually. Like, that's not like sit down and relax and have a nice bit That's of couch true. co-op. It's not Resident for, for Evil 5, baby. There you go. Yeah. The best, <laughs> best couch the best. co-op game he ever. Does, he does say suitable um, for a noob. So yeah, I'm thinking more like Sackboy's Big Adventure and Overcooked are probably more. Maybe a few I of the Lego games? Lego Those games are genuinely are quite fun. To be Lego, fair. Lego Marvel Super Heroes is fucking wicked. Mm. Um, it's, I don't actually think it's a good game, but it would... <clears throat> But it like, but it's a good for someone who might be trying to get into gaming, and I don't know, you know, how much your wife has played before. But like, a way out is quite impressive. Mm. Oh, I don't think yeah. it like, I don't. I think the story's awful, and I mm. don't know if it holds up to too much scrutiny. But like, it is a cool. It's a well presented thing, and it's entirely built around the idea that you play yeah. together. So that could be quite good. That reminds me of um, um, Man and Medan, and also uh, Little Hope as well. It's not exactly couch cop, but there's like a pass the controller kind of thing. So it's fun to mm-hmm. be playing one segment, and then you know, pass on to your partner. And <laughs> and this is what happened with me. I was playing with um, my girlfriend, and then pass her the controller, and she had this one character she hated, and I loved. She was like, "I'm just gonna let him fucking die." And then she was like upset. But <laughs> there we go. So if, if you're if you enjoy if you like that. Give it a go. <laughs> I think I actually I think playing um, Telltale games 
with someone is really fun as yeah. well because like even though it's not technically couch co-op making those decisions together and those stressful moments where you built a story mm. over a series of episodes is like really really satisfying yeah. that's very cool yeah um wolf among us is a great one yeah people forget it can't wait for that. uh i hope that helps mm-hmm. lee yeah okay this next one's from jamie martin and he says hey chaps was just posting a question to the facebook group and i thought i'd ask you guys to weigh in too are we as we cross another generational divide, what is your favourite console generation? For me, I think it's the last PS4 X-Bone generation has been incredibly strong. I've definitely played more titles this generation than ever before, but the GameCube PS2 era was peak gaming time for me personally, and I feel and it feels looking back like they took the foundation that have been laid to the previous generation and really set the core mechanics and ideas for everything we have today. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Much love and for God's sake, respect the sea. <laughs> Honestly, like... Uh, there's it's all well and good being nostalgic i think it's ludicrous to suggest that anything but the last yes. console generation was better absolutely like Look at jesse's face i know jesse's gonna disagree because <laughs> yeah. he loves old consoles yeah. but like and this isn't taking into account pc and that kind of thing but to me the way gaming has moved we're seeing like true blockbuster triple a stuff that that has proven itself to be better than to be bigger than movies we're seeing like indie stuff explode like we're seeing VR, we're seeing... like it, It's the most experimental, the most widespread, the most well-invested and most thoughtful generation of games I yeah. think there's ever been. And, like, don't I've played games since, um, you know, I started before PS1. Like, I've played a lot of different console generations and there's fucking incredible stuff and everything couched within its time is amazing. But, like, I don't think we've ever seen anything no. quite like this. People constantly talk about how game reviews are, like increasingly stagnant because it's just lots of sevens and eights and nines but i think that's because games are actually just pretty good yeah. all the time Do people now? genuinely <laughs> like, want shit games because that's what you get in the, like the six yeah. console yeah. generation yeah. and before that <laughs> I, um, and there are there are and there are horrible things like microtransactions gambling free to play like there are problems that have emerged this generation as well yeah. but we've also seen solutions to those problems like i think you look at things like warframe and they've taken a maligned uh, genre of like free to play and turn it into something that has millions of fans mm. that like deals with it well you know I think I just think we've seen so much thought and innovation recently yeah. um, but Jesse prove me wrong I mean I'm not going to because you're correct like the, the, <laughs> the thing is I love like I grew up with the PlayStation 2 and Game, GameCube and stuff like that I still play my older consoles but absolutely mm. like today and tomorrow is the best time for gaming like what's in the past like you have good titles, but I'm not I'm, I'm not clamoring to like whip out my PS2 and start playing older games. So, although I said that, I still play Outbreak Online with a few mates like every week. Mm. So that's that. But I mean, if I, I still see people online and on Reddit who are like, man, I, I just want I just want, you know, a new Dreamcast to come out. I was like, what fucking games are you going to play on that? Which that you, you haven't can't already play. played already. Yeah. It was like, Shenmue's yeah. already shit and that's it. Like, you're not getting anything new. <laughs> Shenmue's shit. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, you can still play those older games, but new games are still coming out and that's always exciting. Like, you're not getting haptic feedback when you're playing fucking, yeah. I don't know, on the on the NES because that's a pile of shit. Whoa. Just being real. Oh, come on. The um, NES genuinely <laughs> sucks. There's only like one good game on it and I can't even name it, so. Mario? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, probably just that. <laughs> but like, and, and uh, I think your PS2 is a, is a good shout for second place to me just because of like 
the experimentation of it. Like that was when people didn't know they knew games could make money, so they were putting a bit of money into it. Yeah. But they also didn't know what games were. Yeah. So yeah. you just get like completely insane shit. In you, there. you did have um, some like mad games back in that console generation. I still think some of the best horror games ever made was part of the sixth console generation because Silent Hill was still strong. You had Forbidden mm. Siren, a lot of good Resident Evil games. Capcom was still making kind of B tier horror games like Haunting Grounds mm. and stuff like that. Um, but now you, like horror, unless you're in the indie scene, unless you're checking out like puppet combo games and stuff, you don't really get, it's either big triple A or small indie games. You don't have that kind of in between. Yeah. And like I say, for the same for Star Wars games, you had, like the golden age of Star Wars games was back then. And now it's just, you have Battlefront, um, Jedi Fallen Order, which is okay. And then that's really it. And then mobile games. <clears throat> yeah. I would oh, say, yeah, those. I would say the, the answer, like from a personal point of view is not always necessarily based on what generation it is but how old you were at the time of those generations like what, what was going in in your life like how much time you had to dedicate to games like and also like i i'm speaking from personal point of view i have so much less patience for bad games these days than i did when i was younger <laughs> i would play everything to completion and these days yeah. like after an hour i'll turn it off because i'm not interested anymore because my life is different um mm, yeah. so but te- from a technical perspective yes absolutely the last generation is number one yeah yeah to be fair Jamie did ask what's our favourite mm. as opposed to what's... I, I would still answer exactly the same. Yeah, I think but, so as well. And it's it's also because, like, this is the generation where I've... This has been my job as well, That's which true. has been fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, but I, I totally see why you would argue differently if it's just favourite versus mm. best. But the, the problem is you can dip into, like, older gens in these new gens. So you can argue if you're an Xbox fan that your favourite gen is now because you can play everything it's from Xbox. before. Yeah, so yeah. You've just, you're a winner there. Yeah. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Um, yeah. Fair play. Good Despite question. Despite everything else in the year, what a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, I've got this from Sean Atali. Hey guys, hope you're all well. Smiley face. <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't been a long time listener of your podcast. What? My partner, Eli, got me into it during lockdown, and now it's become the norm for us to listen to your show over a lazy Saturday morning breakfast or in the car, if restrictions permit, on our way to one of the many hills we like to mm. walk. Life sounds really nice. <laughs> Lockdown, as it has for all of us, has taken its toll a wee bit. And now that we're on the cusp of a second one, I find myself exploring new ways to find joy in the little things. One way I've decided to do this is to write letters of gratefulness. Uh, I feel it helps me appreciate things and people on a whole new level. And who doesn't love to be told they're bringing someone happiness? So this is the reason that I'm writing to you today. And here it is. I haven't read this before. This is really yeah, nice. I saw, I saw it come in this morning. I was like, this is lovely. It's, there's no real question. It's just a nice thing to read. Uh, so this is what Shauna writes thanks thanks for carrying on through this shitstorm thanks for bringing Eli joy and then in turn me thanks for making us laugh thanks for teaching me so many things about games and consoles that I'd lost interest in years ago thanks for helping me appreciate how you can describe a virtual reality as beautiful even though it took me a long time to come round to that idea when it was something I was so opposed to in the beginning. Thanks for bringing whole new levels of discussion into our household. Yes, we argue and debate, but it brings life back into our Groundhog Day feeling lives. Thanks for helping me see that there is a depth to the stories in games that I didn't know existed, and to feel compassion for the characters in them. Thanks for your hilarious quizzes, of which, no matter the question, the only answers I guess are Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, or Skyrim. And finally, thanks for getting me excited for the first time in years for a new games console to come out. Albeit, I'm probably still not as excited as my boyfriend, but it's still been a tense day waiting for the PS5 to arrive, and can I just say, coming from a house of years of Xboxing, that when I was past the controller, all the wonderful memories of playing a PlayStation came flooding back. I could feel that it was a PlayStation. It was solid and certain in my hand, and I didn't realise how much I'd missed it in all those years. 
so thank you again for spending those weeks discussing and scrutinizing every detail in an Xbox and PlayStation because, after it nearly destroyed my boyfriend to choose one, I am so glad he chose a PlayStation. As I write this, in the other room, I can hear him squealing with delight as he plays for the first time. All your time and dedication is very much appreciated. Thanks a bunch. Shauna, someone who still holds on to her PS1, and yes, it works. Pronounced Sean with an A on the end. <laughs> P.S. Since I am a fairly new listener, I realised last week that I'd never actually seen any of you before. When I mentioned this to Eli, he laughed and asked me to describe what I thought you guys looked like based on your voices. Oh dear. Well, I couldn't have got it any more fucking wrong. I'll give you a couple of examples. I was pretty sure that Simon Cardi looked somewhere along the lines of John Richardson from 8 out of 10 Cats, and Joe Scribbles was somewhere along the lines of Dave Gorman. Apologies, and peace out. Ah. Thanks, Shauna. Apart from the... Well, no, Dave Gorman's yeah, all right. He's thinner than me. That's a really lovely thing. Yeah. And uh, as you're not a long-time listener, you don't know how much I struggle with reading compliments. So, uh, that well, was, I mean, that's the reason uh, I signed nice. it to you, Joe, because I thought it'd be nice to... No. You know, we're not, we don't normally do it, and it was a very lovely email, so it's nice to read it out. And yeah. it's extremely cool to hear, like, the idea of someone coming back to gaming right now is very cool. Mm. Like... Imagine how much fucking shit you've got to play. It must be oh brilliant. God, yeah. That's so cool. That. that is um, fantastic. Yeah, such a lovely email. Thank you so much, Shauna. Um, all right. That's unusually sincere for the end <laughs> yeah. of our podcast, so now I don't know what to do anymore. Should we just play some happy, nice, peaceful music to send us yeah, off? Yeah, what, what should we play? Yeah. What have we talked yeah. about? Oh, the Mandalorian we theme? The Bond theme. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, we could do that. <laughs> That's my favourite That was great. Can we just edit that instead? (laughs) Yeah, put that over a beat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to go now. Uh, Thank you very much. Have a lovely weekend and week. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. (laughs) Kiss, kiss. Bye. (laughs)